0: Even us, the broken, non-perfect, seemingly unfixable ones that we are, <clears throat> we are the beloved. God, thank you. Help us together to hear from you today, to listen, to pour out, to, to be here together with you, and with each other.
1: God, in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. I'll be reading from the first book of Chronicles, chapter 16, verses 18, 20, and also 23 and 29. Give praise to the Lord. proclaim his name. Make known among the nations that he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Sing to the Lord, all the earth, proclaiming his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. but the Lord raise the heavens. The splendor and majesty are before him and joy are in this one place. Subscribe to the Lord, all your families and nations. Ascribe to the Lord's glory and strength. Describe to the Lord. the glory through his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Amen. Amen.
0: Same to the Lord. Let's do just that. Um, our worship leader is out. Y'all going to have to help me. I am not a worship leader. I am meant to be the writer, speaker, so you're going to have to stand and help me sing. <laughs> uh, I put out the hymnals because that's what we're working with today. we got about four or five people out. So I am like way down the bench of who's supposed to be doing this. Uh, turn to page 15. Uh, Come now, fount of every blessing. Thanks, <laughs> <Yes>, Justin.
1: <Jeff. laughs> Good. Go All right, s-
0: sing with me. Tongues above. Praise the mountain I'm fixed upon, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by thy help I've come. And I hope by thy good pleasure O oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wonder Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God my heart, Lord, take and seal, it, seal it for thy above. If you will remain standing, I'm going to read a reading from the Psalms, and our next hymn is going to be number 43, This is Our Father's world. This is My Father's world. This is a confession, a psalm of confession, uh, so let me read this over you. Uh, right now and then we'll, we'll all pray together the lord's prayer it says hear my prayer O lord let my cry come to you do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress incline your ear to me answer me speedily in the day when i call for my days pass away like smoke my bones burn like a furnace my heart is struck down like grass and is withered I forget to eat my bread because of my loud groaning, my bones are clinging to my flesh. I'm like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake, I'm like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All the day, my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse, for I eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink. Because of your indignation and anger, for you have taken me up and thrown me down, my days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass and here's where it turns but you O oh Lord you're enthroned forever you will remember throughout all generations you will arise and have pity on Zion it's time to favor her the appointed time has come for your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory for the Lord builds up Zion he appears in his glory He regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Pray with me. Friends, believe and have hope. Our God is a God who hears our prayers, whether or not we have words, whether or not we mean them, whether or not we even pray them. Our God is a God who sees you and hears you, and he will not leave his children alone. He is slow to anger and abounding with steadfast love, and he knows your name. In him you were forgiven, you were welcomed, you were loved. Let's pray to him now as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in Lord. heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Deliver us from the evil one. Leave us out in temptation and deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If you ever thought that I don't make mistakes, there's abundant proof to the contrary. Um, Y'all sing with me. Uh, This is my Father's world. And again, that's number 43 in the hymnal. (laughs) This is my Father's world and to my listening ears all nature sings and round me wings the music of the spheres this is my father's world i rest me and seeks, his hand the wonders wrought. This is my Father's world, the birds their carols raise, the I hear Him pass. He speaks to me everywhere. This is my Father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems are so strong, God is the rule. This is my Father's world, the battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied, with earth and heaven be won. Amen. God be seated. Pray with me. Father God, Lord, on this holiday weekend, when people are traveling, and we have people out, God, I pray that you would be with us. God, because if we have you with us, you are all we need. God, I pray just for the service today, Lord, I pray that you would be with us, Lord, that you would work on people's hearts, everyone who's here, God that no one would leave change, Lord, that you would convict us, God, that you would use today to heal us, Lord, that you would use today to strengthen our relationships, God, to strengthen our marriages if we're married, Lord, to minister to us in many ways. And I pray all this in Jesus' name, so we know you, Chris. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Please go with me to the book of Proverbs. We're going to be jumping around a bit, mostly in chapters 20 and 21, as we look at the major themes running through all of the wise sayings of this book. We've been in a series through the book of Proverbs. If you're at all interested in checking in on the rest of the series, if you haven't been here for it, uh, you can check in with us on Spotify. Probably the most repeated theme in the book of Proverbs is just that wisdom itself. Is incredibly valuable wisdom itself is incredibly valuable wisdom is able to tell you whether or not what you are doing in life is worthwhile if what you're valuing is actually worthy of value are you going about life in the right way or are you lost wisdom is incredibly valuable and at the same time it's free The author personifies wisdom. Basically, if wisdom were a person, she would be standing on the main street or in the market calling to anyone who would come visit to come sit at her feet and listen. All through the book of Proverbs, the author is urging you to stop and listen to the wisdom of the ages. We've talked about those things which are meant to be at the the center of your life, and if they get off center, you can lose balance and you can fall. Things like family love, the spirit of God, community. In speaking of balance, we talked about work and balancing it with other important things in life. Our words and the way, all right, we talked about our words and the way that we speak to each other. We talked about money, we talked about the way we treat people closest to us, raising children, fortune, how to respond to the ups and downs of life. This has been a really beneficial study for me personally. It's been life-giving. And I hope it has been for you too. It's maybe changed the way in which I live. Today we're going to talk about something really heavy, but something we probably could all use wisdom on. I'm going to talk about conflict in daily life. So pray with me briefly, and we'll get started. Father God, I pray, as I always do. Lord, just that regardless of what comes out of my mouth, Lord, whatever we read or say today, God, that you administer to us your truth, Lord, because we know your truth will set us free. And we desperately long to be free. I pray this in Jesus' name, as we know you hear us. Amen. Amen. Conflict in my life it usually starts small, with something unworthy of any kind of fight. I remember the first fight, the first real fight that Annalise and I had. Uh, I was twenty. In college uh, studying literature which has been a lifelong love of mine you could usually find me sitting in the amphitheater outside of the library smoking American spirits and reading a book right we're actually in the library reading just with coffee instead of cigarettes I was self-medicating for some ADD Uh, you're gonna have to forgive me I weighed 175 pounds at 6'1 and wore baggy checkered shirts and skinny jeans and particularly at that time I was doing a deep dive into postmodernism so, I was going to plays about every other weekend, theater, the observer, that sort of thing. I was taking a, a postmodern film class. And one night I invited my new girlfriend to come watch one of the assigned movies with me. Annalise at the time was in a sorority uh, doing dances and formals almost every other weekend. Uh, she was always saying something, you know, telling me about something hilarious causing some sort of scandal on the sorority hallway. you know, uh, She wore chacos. She was complaining her way through a half marathon that her friend talked her into somehow. I don't even know how that happened. Uh, And took regular trips to Zimbabwe to work at an orphanage there that she had a partnership with. Uh, She made it clear on our second date that she intended to adopt her children. And if I was not on board with that, we were wasting our time. she studied social work and social science, turned in assignments late, one time six months late, which is just impressive, um, and she texted me through boring classes, did not read a single book all through all of college, and still somehow graduated the top of the class. Uh, I forget the title of the movie I invited her to watch, but it was some obscure Indian film. I, I remember it ended with the two main characters in the movie having this blow up fight and then the camera just like slowly pans as they watch as he watches her leave into the distance, and that's how the movie ended. There was no resolution of the fight. You know, there was it was just conflict. End. Very emotional. Uh, and Annalise at the end of it started laughing. That's how our first real fight got started. She thought that it was the dumbest thing that she had ever seen, and. What was the point of the movie supposed to be? And I went into this, what I'm sure was a very emotional explanation about the postmodern idea of media race and how things, stories don't really have beginnings or ends and and she kept laughing. And so, of course, I got mad. I always get mad. My family doesn't do passive aggression. Uh, we do open aggression. We. Uh, Like the Hulk, my method of remaining calm is maintaining a low level of anxiety and anger at all times. So she got defensive and shut down, which only made me more angry because I was taught at one point that you don't let the sun go down on your anger. And what I thought that meant was that you could not take a step back and come back to a conflict with cooler heads. And then, of course, we weren't fighting about the film at all, right? Because what I was actually upset about was having all of my fears confirmed that I was wasting my life pursuing passions and studying what I was studying. What I really should do is buckle down and get a degree that means something and can put me on a track toward a real job, right? And and she was terrified, wondering if this stupid movie, in one honest moment from her, was going to be the end of a relationship that we had already poured so much time and heart into. Conflict. Most of us live in fear of it and most of us for good reason. Most of us have someone close to us with a temper or a drinking problem or cold passive aggression which never seems to thaw. And we've learned that conflict means breaks in relationships without any clear end or any clear path forward for healing. Relationships like broken bones that never fully heal and cause enormous pain if people push and touch us at just the right point. And there's a lot to be said for avoiding conflict. Not avoiding it, but rather tending towards peace and loving kindness. Uh, Proverbs 15.18 says this, A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets confrontation. Or 15.1, Proverbs 15.1, A soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. Or, my personal favorite, Proverbs 21, nine: it is better to live in the corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Oh, man, wrote that one. Uh, but the message is clear. It's, it's wise not to make everything a big deal. It's wise sometimes to not enter into conflict. It's wise to talk about it instead of just screaming about everything. At this point in my life, half the arguments I have, I wake up in the morning, the day after, just wanting to reach out and make it better and apologize for something, anything, to help mend the situation, but you don't always get that chance. One of our two-year-olds right now, you all saw my my train of children, wagon load of children coming in the door. One of our two-year-olds, we are trying to teach him this lesson, that you don't have to scream about everything. Uh, He currently is screaming about everything, and frankly, it's annoying. Uh, We are desperately trying to teach him just to use words to express himself. Uh, Adults struggle with this too, though. We would rather drink about it than talk about it, or walk into the other room and play apology chicken with our significant other, or eat about it, or get bitter about it, or leave. Quietly resolve not to let your guard down again about it? Quietly resolve not to broach that subject with them again? My son has an excuse. He's two. We have fewer excuses. People with hot tempers love to talk, too, if they're Christians, love to talk about Jesus flipping over the tables of the money changers at the temple, as though that gives his followers carte blanche to flip over just about any table, right? Anywhere. But most of the time when Jesus approaches a table, he doesn't flip it over. He sits down and shares a meal in fellowship. Even some tables we might want him to flip. Like when he goes to Eve with Zacchaeus, this guy who's become rich by fleecing the poor. Or when he walks up to the Pharisees' table and the only seat left for him, the Son of God, is the seat of least honor. Man, I want him to flip that table so bad gets soup all over the perfectly washed tunics. <laughs> what about the table in Pilate's room with the water in the basin that he walks over and so confidently washes his hands thinking that he doesn't have any guilt? That's one table that deserves to be flipped. But he doesn't. Most of the tables in Jesus' life he overthrows through peace. He wounds through loving-kindness already covered in the sermon. I do not tend to avoid conflict. I tend to go straight into it. Um, I'm good at flipping tables. There is not a table in my life that I haven't flipped metaphorically or literally speaking at one point or another. There's one in my house in the kitchen where we eat breakfast and dinner as a family. There's another table here at the church where we place communion. There's a table at my friend's house probably, but I wouldn't know because he won't call me back anymore. There are all the tables I should have sat down at across divides, but I never reached out. One time as a teacher, I lost it and threw a desk table across a room to block a doorway. But that was more of a legit thing. I actually don't regret that. Let's put that in the uh, temple money changer category. They were acting a fool. Uh, But Jesus isn't like me, or rather, I am not enough like him. He walks in, he sits down, and breaks bread for the most part talks about the heart of God. He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Not only does his slow anger quiet contention, but his love was enough to cover all offenses, to quote Proverbs ten twelve, His love was enough to cover our offenses, our sins, our sorrows, the hurt we cause each other. So it's good to avoid conflict, but of course Jesus did flip that one table, right? Have you noticed yet through this Proverbs series how often wisdom is finding that middle road between two sides, between two extremes, and learning to walk down it? Proverbs twenty thirty reads, Blows that wound cleanse away evil. Strokes make clean the innermost parts. Some of us are so far from being quick-tempered that we avoid conflict even when we should cause what John Lewis said was good trouble. Sometimes you have to sit someone down and tell them they're going down a dark road and they need to turn around. And pretty much always they hate you for that, at first, at least. Sometimes we need to make a cut to remove a cancer that's only going to grow. Sometimes the situation is so messy that there isn't a friendly way forward, like an arrow has to be pushed through before you can take it out. And then, of course, there's one kind of conflict which, horrifically, can never be avoided or lessened or changed in any way past conflict god in his wisdom has placed us in time even though he is free of it so we need to know today we need to know not just that we ought to avoid conflict where possible and to quote the apostle peter to live at peace with everyone as far as it depends upon you but we need we need to know also how to heal from it how to reconcile and healing, thankfully, is a subject about which the Bible speaks volumes. Healing is not just a theme of Proverbs, it's a theme of the whole of Scripture. I've already preached on this one, but Proverbs 12, 18 says this, There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Then a few chapters later, we find what exactly is on the tongue of the wise. Twenty three twenty three By truth, and do not sell it by wisdom instruction and understanding truth the truth as we've already st- uh, quoted this morning the truth will set you free the Apostle Paul in a letter to the church at Ephesus and specifically in a section on unity summarizes the way that the church was able to heal the divides between them he says quote speak the truth in love he says that's how you grow as a body to be more like christ one of my favorite authors who actually passed away this month frederick buechner once summarized the whole task of ministry he says tell the truth i told you that story of mine and annie's first fight and how it happened but more importantly <clears throat> i want to tell you how it ended we sat silently for a while next to each other a long time and we both cooled off and eventually we admitted to each other What we were fighting about mattered way less to us than the other person and we both apologized for letting things get out of hand and hurting each other and I still worry sometimes that I haven't done anything with my life that's really mattered that fear has not gone away she still fears sometimes um, of everything crashing to ruin but the truth is I would rather be in her house than on your bookshelf I would rather hear about her day than you hear my thoughts. I'm glad in the moment we were able to recognize that truth. We laugh about that conflict now, uh, about how I can't even remember the name of the movie, and about how we were young and dumb. (laughs) Truth spoken in love has power enough to make something beautiful of basically any brokenness. Truth spoken in love will eventually be the only word left on anyone's tongue. On the day when God wipes our tears away and all truth is revealed, that's how time is restored into eternity. All the past wrongs dying like seeds, growing into truths which can nourish and bind us. Whenever reconciliation is not possible or not advisable, truth spoken in love can bring forgiveness. To quote John Foreman, It takes two to go to war, but only one to fall in love. I'm going to say a word, just practically, on what we're talking about. It, this is something that we teach to children. You know, it, when, when children hurt each other, which they often do, we set them across from each other, right? We bring them together. And we tell them the truth of what happened. We say, well, you did this to your sister, right? So truth is spoken. And then we look at one of the children and we say, and now you have to apologize, And so naturally, the child says something like, oh, yeah, sorry. And we say, no, 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 no. You have to mean it. And in that moment, we don't expect that their their heart will change toward their sibling in that moment, right? Um, But they have to say it like they mean it, right? And so then they say, I'm sorry. And we say, okay, now it's to you. Do you forgive them? And then we hopefully will move to a point where, forgiveness is possible, and they say, yes, I forgive you. And then we say, okay, now you have to hug. You have to do something to let the other person know that the conflict is done and that you're restored to relationship. And so practically, even from childhood, we have known this ritual. We've known this dance ritual, a ritual, by the way, that is unique to Christianity. Um, But do we do it? Do we live this out Do we reconcile our relationships? And when reconciliation is not possible, do we work towards forgiveness? Again, it only takes one person to fall in love. This is the way that we heal as individuals, as a society. This is how we bind ourselves back together again. But do we do it? Truth is hard. Truth is not always apparent, and it's not always easy to know. It's hard to think of it in the moment, Sometimes, I would would say even often, truth has almost nothing to do with what you're arguing about. But truth is always there, and it's always loving, and it will always bring healing if you can bring yourself to speak it. Truth is like a fluorescent light and a vanity mirror showing us things we would rather not notice about ourselves and our lives, but in the process, it makes us more beautiful. You'll probably be surprised when you decide to start telling the truth of whatever is causing you pain in your life. How quickly God brings healing. Your past, your hurt, your relationship, your mistakes, those things which have been done to you, your doubts, your sins, if you speak the truth about them, truth spoken in love is not a mild prescription. It is surgery. Eventually, it will restore society in the day of the Lord you'll be surprised how quickly it works in our lives, if you can actually bring yourself to speak it. When you walk into a conflict determined to love the other person, no matter what they do or say, you'll probably be surprised how quickly that conflict will make at least one of you a little more like Christ. And I'll close citing Keller with the first truth that I want you to tell yourself to begin healing in your life The truth that your mistakes your sin have done more damage in your life than you will ever know and also at the same time at the same time you are more loved than you have yet dared to dream whatever conflict you've had with our father whatever conflict you've had in your relationships and in your families the truth is you are God's child And he loves you, and he waits and watches for the moment that you will come home. Pray with me. Father God, Lord, I pray just in gratitude that your love is enough to cover all of our sins. God, that it's enough to cover even the sins that we have done to other people. God, we know we've sinned against you alone. Lord, and that you are able to bring forgiveness and healing. God, I pray that in each and every situation where we need to, Lord, that we could find the truth to speak, God, that will bring us toward healing. Lord, that in your love we'd be able to speak of it. Lord, teach us these things. Teach us your wisdom. You say in James that you give to all generously without finding fault. God, I pray you would give us wisdom enough today to know how to speak into the conflicts in our lives, God, to bring healing. I pray that you would send each of us out into the world to be peacemakers, to cause good trouble when we need to, Lord, and to bring to peace situations that are broken. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name, so we know you hear us. Amen. usually I get to sit down at this point um, and pray with people. Um, You'll have to pray with the person next to you or catch me after service, but if you would, in your hymnal, go to number 54, "Greatest Thy Faithfulness. In this time, feel free to respond in whatever way you see fit. We've got kneelers up here. We've got people in the back that you can pray with, um, or you can stand and sing. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have. Winter and springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above, join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love A unforeseen and a peace that endureth Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow Blessings all oh mine with ten thousand Side. great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness morning by morning new mercies i see all i have needed thy hand have provided great is thy amen great is this faithfulness faithful to forgive us to welcome us to love us to provide for us in every way before we go this morning if you would please stand with me and join with me in singing the doxology Uh, and we don't have it up on the screens today we gave Lewis the day off (laughs) Uh, the words are uh, praise God Oh no, Phil's on it. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here. Son and Holy Ghost. Amen. Go in grace and peace to love and serve the Lord. And peace be with you. Also with you.